Would you like to begin this week, sir? Yeah, sure. You make a big deal out of it every week about how setting the tone's important, so why don't you set the tone, Mr. Eli J, for Jacob Silverman? I will. Paul, what's your middle name again? Derek. No, it's not Derek. Why not? What makes you look at me Philip. and think it's a Derek? Is it Philip? No, it's not Philip. Is it Reginald? Is it boring? Is it Harry? Is it Tony? Uh, Paul, let me set the tone by spending a lot of time asking about your middle name. <laughs> Is it... A part of me just wants you, you called... to drone on. Are you called Paul Paul Gannon? Uh, were you that Catholic that you were called Double Paul? No, my name was Double Paul Gannon. It's actually <laughs> on my birth certificate. Double Paul Gannon. That's what it is. Right. So you're not going to no, tell me. Would you like to know? Would you like yeah. to know? Yes. Despite the fact that you've known me for more than 10 years now, and I always remember your name. That's because I've got a fucking... I'm a good friend. Kick-ass. I'm a better friend than you. Right, you well, I think we could all agree that. Yeah, yeah. That you are a horrible shit. Right. Welcome to Cheap Show, ladies and gentlemen. No, that's not the Paul intro. Gannon. That's not the fucking intro. No. You were snoozing. You were snoozing. And so you're losing. No, right, I'll, I'll do, do the it. intro. I'll do it right now. Go on. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Eli Silverman. It's time for another edition of Cheap Show. And the other person presenting this absolutely great comedy pod, economy comedy pod to you, is Paul Gannon. There's Paul over there. Hello, Paul. Hello, my name is Paul Michael Gannon. Welcome to Cheap Show. <laughs> I hate you and your fucking noodle posse. Cheap show, you're going to have to learn to fucking accept. Cheap show. Off brand, brand, off brand, brand, off. Cheap show. It's the price of shite. go and I nuzzle. What we got coming up on the show today, Paul? Well, in a lightly packed show today, we have just more cheap show goodness. In fact, if I can quote Eli Silverman, just press record and we'll talk shit. It's all gold, mate. They lap it up. There you see. See how much how much for granted he takes you, listener, whereas I love you with all my bosom. Paul, I've codified that joke we came up with. Which one? The ELO. Right, stop. You didn't come up with any of it. Oh, Not right, this whatever. wee business. I've codified it, nonetheless. Codify and faithless. I hope you understand. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, anyway. I was doing that justified and ancient. The KLF. Yeah. We're, we're justified and we're ancient. And we're ancient. And we Was that come... Dusty Springfield? No. KLF and Tammy Wynette. Oh, so what did Dusty Springfield sing? What was that song she sung in the 90s that was popular? That was the Pet Shop Boys. Pet Shop Boys and Dusty Springfield? Yeah. With what? Um, Shopping with Dusty, it was called. Shopping with Dusty is one of my favourite Pet Shop Boys songs. I'm glad you brought it up. It doesn't get enough respect. Can you sing a bit of it for me? Yeah, I was just, just going to say, me. shall I remind you by singing you a bit of it? Please do. Oh, I just got to remember it. Hang on. I'm thinking. It's got that kind of weird Pet Shop Boys-y synthy bass line. It was like, boo-doo-doo, boo-doo-doo-doo. I was going, yeah, I remember it now. It was like, I go shopping, here is Dusty. Dusty's here, we are shopping. Oh, do some keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) Right, good. (laughs) It's not how I remember it. 
It's not how I remember it. Paul, let's just do the joke. Let's just do a clean version of it. Just, you know. Right. So, I say, I say, I say. Do I have to sit here and you tell me my joke back to me? I say, I say, I say. Uh, uh, Fucking hell, mate. Come on. (laughs) Comedy is about timing. um, You can't just go, I say, I say, I say. Uh. I, I say, I say, I say. Then you come on, give me something yeah. back. Respond by saying what you say. No, good. you don't. You don't respond to I say, I say, I say. That's the whole point of I say, I say, I say. You're drawing the attention of the audience, and they listen. Otherwise, you're doing a knock knock joke. Okay. Do you want to make this a knock knock joke? No. This is pathetic. We just because just we've done one joke in the past two hundred <laughs> episodes doesn't mean we need to workshop it now. Listen. I'm workshopping it. I say, I say, I say. Silent. What Silent. do you Stay say? Stay silent. All right. Oh, we are doing a reaction now. Fuck Only me. Only because you want one. Right. I'm starting again. I wish we could get a new host. I say, I say, I say. What do you say? What band does a policeman join? I've heard it's ELO, hello, hello. Oh, you fucking nicked the gag line for me. That, well, that's the problem, isn't it? That's the problem when you do a call and response. You could get it stolen from you. The joke should be... I say, I say, I say. I've heard a policeman's favourite pop band is ELO, LO, LO. <laughs> Paul, you know what? If you keep trying to this nick... This is a waste th- of our time and our listeners. If you're going to nick that joke for me, yeah, there's going to be a showdown. <laughs> no, I don't know what you mean. It's another famous ELO track. Showdown. Right. <laughs> and it... If you were female, I could say, oh, you're such an evil woman. (laughs) That's another one of their tunes. (laughs) Oh, you're such a Mr. Blue Sky officer. (laughs) This is awful. We can't suddenly become an ELO pun-based gag machine. I think we should. Uh, They've got a lot of stuff. Mate, can we stop this? Please, don't bring me down. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking excellent. This, we could do this forever. Right. Now, unfortunately, we may have to. We're late on stuff this week. So, welcome to Cheap Show, the economy comedy podcast. We go through the charity shops, the bargain bins, and power lands of this great fair country. And we pull out the treasure that we find amongst the trash. And this week, we are delving into a Cheap Eat segment. And I've got a little Paul's Page Turner to mm. enlighten you with today. Oh, lovely. I do want to say that your Envision entries have been coming in. We've had seven now. Wow. Since we announced it. So that's already half of what we got last year. And they're all interesting. I've been listening to a few. I think it's only fair that I listen to them at the moment. I will say this, though. They've all been coming in. They're all kind of nice, but they're kind of samey in that they're kind of soundscapey, trippy kind of things with samples. And that's fine. We're not saying don't do that. But if you're sitting out there going, oh, I don't want an acoustic track with me just doodling on my guitar, then yeah, we do. We want anyone to come in and get involved and have a go. So do. All yes. styles, all all types of music are welcome. Are you sort of saying they're all a bit moogie so far? Not moogie so much as they, they, they're they similar in theme okay. to each other in terms of they're kind of like nice music things with like you going, spash, 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 spash. I shot the bed, bed, bed. It's that kind of thing. Oh, I haven't shot the bed in years. Good. It shouldn't be something you make a no. calendar day about. No, I don't make a calendar day. Monday morning, shot the bed textbook paul i just want people to know you know that i'm not i don't really i i wash my body and i don't sh- i shit in the loo like everyone else and you know it's not cool mm. or big it's not cool or big you know to to shit the bed what is though extremely cool is having a bedroom called the house of pickles and then actually having 
fucking pickles in my bedroom, mate. Yes. He's showing me a jar of what looks like, is it Daytona pickles? I can't no. see it because of the light. Dorton pickles. Dortona. Dortona. Is that no. like um, a, a race for pickles that goes around and around in a circle? No, it's just the word Dortona, Paul. I know, but I was trying to do an idea about Daytona pickles racing around. Oh, you okay. know what? Forget I'll do it. it. No, I'll do it. I can do it for you. See, I, I'm Mr. Creative today and I will just do it. Are you ready? Yes. And in first place, we have Pickle going around the corner. And coming up behind Pickle, we've got Chutney. Chutney's coming in on the second on the second lane. Chutney's on the second lane. Oh, Chutney's going to have to go in for a pit stop. And what will they be doing with Chutney in the pit stop? Yes, they'll be taking uh, little bits of rutabaga out of the Chutney and replacing it with <laughs> fresh, fresh rutabaga. Back to you, Jim. Oh, he's out of the stop and Chutney's rearing to go and he's gone right out. Okay. That was your best piece of prolonged improvisation I think we've ever had on the show. <laughs> Not necessarily your funniest, but definitely your most prolonged and cohesive. Now, look at those. They're swimming around in there. Yeah. Uh, the pickles. Uh, they look like dicks in piss. Yeah. I've been eating them. Dicks in piss. <laughs> Pickled piss, isn't it? Pickled dick. Should we uh, Is that kick it? That's all you had to say. You're not going to even tell me what they are like. Are they good pickles? Yeah, they're Polish. And it says... Pickled gherkins, and then underneath in Polish it says a gherky looks a woey, which must mean pickled gherkins. They're probably a bit oh. best. <laughs> They're probably ah, uh, mate. You need to stop talking about pickles. I'm actually getting severe pain in my sides. Why? Uh, Why? I'm having an, a violent reaction to your content. I'm just ah, ah, it hurts. You miserable twat. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Whatever, Come on, let mate. me finish this your envision thing. So, oh yeah. Please get in touch and send your entries, WAV or MP3, to thecheapshow at gmail.com. Is that simple? And uh, we'll get, just send them in and we'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll get more than last year. Hopefully, that would be nice. Well, it sounds like we're on course to get more now, Paul, doesn't it? Because what? how many were there? 11 yeah. last year? No, there were 13 tracks last year. Okay, and we're already over halfway. So. Seven. We might have and to do... And there's still, what, another two months? We might have to do a first round, you know what I mean, where we get rid of a few. Oh, what, like elimination? That's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. The problem with that is, is that it kind of feels like we'd end up um, revealing too many of the songs for the actual live one, and some of the surprises gone. Uh, that's true. These are all things we're going to have to work out between me and Eli at Cheap Show HQ when we get down to brass tacks and really start bashing it out. Yes. And Eli, I can't wait to start bashing it out with you. Can I just say, never... Why yeah. can't? Why is it all right for you just to go wank, 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 wank? As soon as I say, I don't know, shit the bed, you know what? I've got nothing here. I'm saying nothing, and I've got nothing. I'm just saying it in a certain way. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> just saying it in a certain way to make it seem like what you're saying has uh, urgency. I'm feeling extremely empty on the inside, Paul, and I feel like all I've right. got no nothing to give. This week, sorry. Eli, for every wank gag I do this episode, right? Yeah. I'll give you 50p. Oh, in the money. And I I, I swear to God, if I... The, any spoff gags, wank gags, flaccid or erect penis material, any genitalia material today... All right. I was going to ask, what about fannies? You don't let... What about fannies? That's what... Or butts? What about <laughs> butt play? What about fannies? Mm, that's a good question. I think it has to count. I think you know masturbation, spoffed, ejaculate, orgasming, uh, or any any kind of you know sexual co that comes out of my mouth. How about this? How about this for a pay scale? 
So for your your everyday run of the mill spoff gag, fifty p. Right. Fannies are a quid, but one pound fifty. One pound fifty for what? Anal play. Right. Anal plays one pound fifty. So I could theoretically mix and match the things I wanted oh, yeah. to make jokes of, providing I balanced out the payment to you. That's known as the works or going around the world. <laughs> so if I verbally go around the world today, I have to give you what a tenner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shall I eat some fucking sh- shitty chocolate bars then? Wait, I forgot to say. Did you see that QI thing on Twitter where it was like you can people you can audibly hear a bee ejaculate? Yeah, that must have set you off. I, what do you mean? Aren't you the bee me? lover? I don't. You're I, the bee lover. You're always going on about getting bees, taking bees roughly. I like drones. Drones don't have have sex, so they won't be the ones ejaculating. It's only the ones that the queen specially selects to ejaculate that she chooses to mate with. I don't like those. I like drones. I like the the hooded the hooded beetle bonnet of a, a drone bee. Nice and smooth. <laughs> God. They've got like a little ken. <laughs> you know what? I was going to ask a bunch of questions and I thought, no, every answer will ruin this show. So we're going to move on. Right. I just thought it was interesting that you can hear a bee come. Now, that's not a joke. That is me just stating a news article for discussion. It is not... No, okay, fine. Yes, is, apparently... Is, I just want to make sure. They've got all weird things, haven't they, bees, with their sort of their lower ends? You can hear them ejaculate. When they sting, it rips their abdomen in half. Do you know what I mean? What else? Wait, I've, I've, I've actually got a recording of the bee ejaculate, if you want to hear it. I'd love to hear that. I think it's going to be a screechy just... sound. I think it's going to be like someone... Uh... Play it for you now. <laughs> <laughs> Good game. Marvelous. Paul, Paul, I hate you, Butler. That's 50p. <laughs> yeah, all right, that's 50p. I'll take that it. It was worth it. For Brucey B, come. <laughs> I've, I actually have a recording, though, Paul, because I've done some research, yeah? Have and you? I, I actually do have a recording of it. I've got it here on my laptop. All right, go for it. Do you want to hear right, it? play it for me now. On my laptop? Yeah. Okay, just give me a sec. Uh, right. Okay. I found it. You ready? Go for it. <laughs> That's it. It's good, isn't it? Right, no, good. Good. <laughs> They're little high-pitched little fuckers, aren't they? If you slow that down, yeah. you, if you slow that down, you could probably hear it going, "Oh baby, yeah, I'm giving it to you so hard." <laughs> That's what it is. You slow it down, all you can hear is, "Oh, I got a crop of crumble." <laughs> that is a quid so far, mate. I, I, I lured right, you into fuck it. You know, let's just carry on with the show then. All right. Well, Paul, now's the time. The time is now, and it's time for. Cheaper, 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 cheap eats. A cheaper, 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 cheap eats. A cheap, cheap, cheaper, 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 cheap eats. A cheaper, 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 cheap eats. And that's cheap eats. And that is when we, together, usually, but not now, just me. Not now. Oh, I. This is the segment of the show where I just watch Eli eat. Oh, do you know what we have as well? But you want to be in the room, or shall I? No, you can try them. I think it's only fair. The audience have been crying out for her opinion. And I think because okay. you are the Huff Master, it's worth you taking these on. 
So let's start yes. cheap eats at the same with the show where we go and look around for cheap food or food that we find of interest, which is a little bit unusual. So what have we got? Let's start off with those crisps then. Yes. Now these have been sent to us on uh, Twitter a lot, Paul. We've, we've we've they're on our radar in a big way, coming in like a big crisp packet shaped Armageddon. Uh, a big. <laughs> They've been coming like a, like a snack rapture. Yes. A snap. Ra- a snack rapture. <laughs> and it's going duk 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 like a big behemoth, like a big crispy behemoth. Uh, I'm sorry. Is today's episode the episode you reveal yourself to be the new Michael Winslow from Police Academy? You just all your little sound effects. Duk, duk. Here duk, comes the crisps. Duk, duk. Come on. <laughs> God, he's turning into Michael Winslow. He'll be doing helicopter impressions next. I can't do those. I can't, so I can't pronounce my R's. I've got no. You know, say the word reticulate and roll the R. Reticulate. You bastard. You can't uh, do that. You can't roll your R's. <sighs> Don't do it on camera, mate. Please, it's horrible. <laughs> oh no! All of a sudden, I'm imagining being attacked by a bee. It's now, horrible. Now these are Walker's Max Kentucky Fried Chicken flavor, and there's a little picture of the Colonel on the on the the packet. They've done a clever thing yeah. with the design, where he's sort of half in shade. And that means you don't get the little man effect. You know, you get the little man effect with the colonel where his tie looks like his little feet in his arms. And you think once you see it, you can't stop seeing it. And it looks like he's a little big headed colonel. Right. Well, they've, they've I mean, avoid- I don't know that, but now I understand vividly what you've painted in your mind with that image. They've avoided that. Apparently, I've heard people say that the, the extra spicy one is good. But that this one, which is just the normal Kentucky Fried Chicken flavor one, is just like a, just like a chicken flavored snack. So... We'll be seeing if there's any difference. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like Walker's Max range are a range of like Max flavors, like all the hot flavors or the spiciest or whatever, but it's the Max. And they're always ridged as well to hold that flavor in. They are ridged. That's the other uh, identifying um, attribute of uh, the Max brand. Now, this won't be... No, I need to say this quite clearly, uh, a serious moment. This coming snack test will not be part of the League of Snacks and Crisps. This is a... Totally different uh, subsidiary of that league. This is merely, a, I, I want to say, a kind of focus group, a kind of, you know, feedback. We're giving yeah. the, the makers of these products a bit of a feedback of what we think they're like in terms of quality. It's just a bit of a, a preliminary meeting. They have to go through levels and levels if they want to get into the league, yeah. Paul. And this is just the first little huff, the little, the first huff of goodness. And <laughs> I can't speak. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Right, I shall let you taste them then. Well, here's the thing: you can't just walk up to us and say, "All right, mate, can we put our crisps in your in your bloody uh, league of snacks and crisps?" And we were like, "Nah, stroll on, mate." Yeah, you know, you know, have you been round the block longer than a chipstick? Have you? Fuck, get out of my sight, you record, uh, record man, record, <laughs> record, man. Record. <laughs> isn't a word, is it? Record? No. Well, it is a word. I'll give you the. Um, I'll give you the uh, an example, shall I? Yeah. Ooh, I did lieth down in the pond. And I have drunk the bottle of the vodka, and now I am so wrecked. I'll eat these crisps then, shall oh, I? Dear God, just eat the crisps, would you please? I'm going in for the half. Eli is tearing a small corner of the bag out with his teeth. Just a small hole, the hoof. I'm concertining it into my half hole. Yeah, he's, he's squeezing the bag like, I don't know, massaging a heart. Feeding the hoof into his nose, and what are you getting from the hoof? 
I'm getting a very distinct classic Walker's roast chicken flavour sub base, and mm. I'm on top of that, I'm just getting a bit of oregano. A bit. It's a bit sort oh, of really. It's a more herby. It's a more herby chicken flavoured crisp puff, but not that much more herby. But here's the thing: isn't the whole like secret to KFC is its secret blend of herbs and spices? That's so right. They copied that over into the flavouring. Yeah, they must have. They can't let that secret out to Walkers. If Walkers have that kind of power, oh, they could take over the world. I, do you know what I do believe? I may be corrected, but I think Frito-Lay are Lays, and they have Kentucky Fried, and they also have Walkers. So there's no there's no conflict. It's the same company. They don't have to share their, their fucking their herb mix with anyone. The herb and spices stay in-house. Year by year, we're turning more into a Judge Dredd society with the mega corporations taking over everything. There's just going to be two. You know what I mean? There's just going to be two. Next year, probably, halfway through the year, the final two mergers will, will happen. Like two black holes. You know, you've got, you'll have Disney circling Frito-Lay. And then, yeah. and then suddenly, there'll be only one megacorp. Disney. Now, they are a tidy looking crisp, I'll give them that. They've got their ridges are very are a compact ridge compared to say a uh, you know, what are the others? What's the most famous? Uh Roysters. No, they're bubble crisps, you twat. McCoys. Not Roysters, McCoys. McCoys, yeah. Sounds like a Western. The Roystons versus the McCoys. Woo wee! They're potato <laughs> farmers and they were shooting and tooting. Ah, uh, here your sister's dating the McCoy. Don't you tell me, young boy, about dating no McCoy. I'm a rooster. Right. No, not a rooster. <laughs> I'm a royster, sorry. Daddy, I'm in love with Bobby Royster. Well, you can just leave this family behind, for we will not be associated with the likes of those bubbly bastards. Oh, Daddy, you don't know nothing about love, etc. It's kind of nice, this story. I like it. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. I'm Bobby Royster. And I'm here to take your daughter to the dance. You best turn around right now, boy, and walk away. Because we ain't having any of your royster doistering in my family. Oh, okay. I guess I'll just go home and use old nanny Hessian sack, which generations of the royces have used to spunk up into. <laughs> I can't do a retort, otherwise I'll get fined. <laughs> Right, I'm going to taste one of these. Uh, on a serious note, Paul, that the they have a the Max these Max branded crisps have a, a very narrow gauge ruffle or whatever you would call it, crinkle. I could see. No, I, they're a very thin ridge. The thin ridged rather than a wide ridge, which means you well, can fit. Well, hold us back no longer. Just eat the fucking crisp, please. <laughs> you now. can fit. The the fact of the matter is, you can fit more ridges in per crisp. Perhaps it's Max Ridge. Perhaps that's how they got their name. Maximum ridge per crisp. You know what I mean? I gave her a max ridge last night. That's two oh, pounds. Shit. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. I've got to keep track of this. What yeah, have I done so far? It's £1.50. As I thought, you've just right. kept with the dick. You've kept on the dick side of the equation. He's eating the crisp, and the evaluation is what? We're dying to know. He's taking a second bite. It tastes like a ridge. You don't ridged... look too impressed. It tastes like a ridged... Uh, chicken, roast chicken flavoured crisp. I can't tell the difference. What would what would convince you as a KFC branded snack? Because you know, like, when we think about it, we're actually probably thinking more about the kind of battered coating of the crisp in terms of flavour than the actual chicken part. Yes. It really, they're really not making much of an effort here. There is a slight heat, actually. 
There's an afterburn, yeah. which you don't get, obviously, with roast chicken flavour crisps. But do you know what? This could even be a sort of relaunch of the flavour because it's disappeared from the, the corner shops of our nation, hasn't it? The roast chicken flavour crisps. Roast chicken? Yeah. No, it's because the common brand now is the Sensations roast chicken and chilli or whatever it is now. Sweet chilli, yeah. herb. It's all those kind of flavours. These do have quite a satisfying chilli sort of aftershock that comes up later. Yeah. But nothing about it says to you KFC. So nothing. potentially it could be any bloody chicken flavour. Yeah, it would be a, if if you called this spicy chicken flavour ridged, I wouldn't go. Oh, yeah. that tastes like fried chicken. No, it doesn't. No, that's simple so as that. That's a quid for how big a bag? Pretty good. How big's the bag? Because it's, it's slightly bigger than a normal packet of crisps, isn't it? Yes, it's a grab bag style, sort of seventy grams. Never understood that grab bag sized idea. It's slightly bigger, so we're going to call it a grab bag. Yeah, but you can grab all bags of crisps. Yeah, what? Yeah. Even huge ones. What were you, what are they suggesting that the the other size was so small that you you couldn't grab it? It was microscopic. Your hands are too big. Your fingers are like yeah. huge interstellar sausages. To the to the from the viewpoint of the original um, size crisp bag, Paul, my sausages, my fingers are like huge tentacles from out of space coming down. I've lost him, boys and girls. <laughs> I've lost him. Big talking pink, about finger sausages. Here come my big pink sausage monsters wobbling from outer space. Wobble, 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 wobble. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, okay. Out of ten, seven. It's all right, isn't it? Seven. Seven. Out of ten. Yeah. Nice. So, not nice. a bad crisp, but just not KFC. Nice crisp, but not KFC. I would prefer if they didn't have to use all of this corporate, you know, branding. They could just go back to roast yeah. chicken flavour. Just go back roast chicken flavour, and just have the nice, slightly yellow, yellow packets of your. And you can go, yeah, the old yellow packets of yore that you see on eBay that someone's found in a bin and is trying to sell for about £400, which I've never understood because part of me is thinking, who really is going to want to spend that much money on that? People who collect crisp How packets. How does that get valued? You collect, you know, useless TV-based board games. To them, to a crisp packet aficionado, you're wasting your life. No, but... With a board game, I can play it, I can use it, I can move it on. Also, I didn't pay that much for it. I've usually found bargains. It's been cheap. I would feel very stupid if I happily pressed the pay now button on eBay for £400 empty bag of 1970s roast chicken crisps. I think that's a stupid purchase. Paul, I understand your position, but let me let you into a little secret of the the crisp bag uh, collecting community, yeah? Oh, yeah. Think about it. You mount them on the, the wall or you, you present them to people in an album, maybe. You know what you can do? Yeah. And a lot of people do do this in this community. Yeah. They they come in it, right? Right. They leave it out just with the opening of the bag open so it all dries. Yeah. It all dries, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they mount it and they put it or they put it in a, you know, in an album or something. It is mainly a male sort of thing, this, but, you know, there are some female collectors and they just, uh, they just... Um... What, rub their fanny on the inside of a crisp bag? <laughs> That's is a that quid. you're inferring with that? <laughs> That's a quid. All right. <laughs> No, it's not. That's a statement. You said fanny. You said rub their fanny. Yeah, I said fanny. I'm allowed to say fanny. I just can't maybe make a joke of a fanny or a cock or things coming in and out of those things. Anyway, so once you've either... Anyway, the point is, why is anyone coming into an empty bag of crisps? What's the purpose of that? So you let it dry out and then you put it in your album or you mount it on the wall or whatever. And then when you've got someone, you know, 
respectable over for tea or whatever, you go, oh, look, do you know what, Lady Hildegard? I I collect used crisp packets. Look at this one. And she'll go, hmm, very interesting. Nice blocky 70s design. All the time, you're thinking, I came in that. My spoff's right there. <laughs> <laughs> See, I heard differently. I, I heard that. You know, so you know when you buy, like, you know, there are people who collect cans of beer or lager, but to keep them pristine, they just prick the bottom. Yes. Empty the drink out so the ring pull still is intact. So the circles I move in when it comes to crisp bag collecting is that we don't want the crisps inside, but we want them to look full. So what you do is you take just a tiny little, uh, like, blade and you cut into the corner. And then with a little bit of skill and practice... You can force shit into it from your bum hole into the crisp packet. <laughs> oh. And you can what? fill out the bag. But then you've got a problem with smell. Lady Hildegard's got very big nostrils. Well, no, you seal it again. You seal the bag closed with a little bit of epoxy resin. And it looks just as good as new. And it's got a nice heft to it, nice load of weight. So you can actually pick it up. And after a while, it does feel crunchy. <laughs> it does kind of crumble in your hand. I tell you what? what, mate, if you haven't got the runs as well, you can use that to refill a bag of Bombay mix. <laughs> All right, Paul. <laughs> Paul, we've lost Paul, I think. <laughs> right, so um, it's 17 minutes. Let's crack on with the rest of this food-eating segment. So, okay. Eli, Quickly. what are we moving Quick. on to? We have some Polish chocolate bars. Um, now, you and me, we're both in this together, have misplaced the name of the person who sent this to us. But if you recognise yes. these as something you sent in, get in touch with Paul. We'll we'll give you a bit of a fanfare on the next episode, okay? We'll give you we'll give your ego a bit of a tickle on social media or in next week's episode. We do apologise. I'm taking this on, Eli. You don't need to take this on, mate. Okay. This is on me. Fine. You just take the blame for everything else. Sure. So what have we got to start with? We have to start with two examples of a chocolate bar that's known as a Goplona. That's the brand. Uh, that's the manufacturer. Go Goplona. Yeah. Goplona. Greshki. Greshki, what the famous hockey player? No, because there's no there's no letter between the R and the Z. It's G R Z E S K I. So that's Greshki or something like that, isn't it? No, we do oh, not know. So what kind of snack is it then? It looks to be that most common of all snacks from other countries, a chocolate wafer bar, Paul. It is funny how they're kind of prolific and certainly well stuff we get sent into the show. I would say 70% of that stuff is wafer biscuits. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but there's two flavours. But gonna be- before we go any further, that has reminded me, we should do an off-brand brand off with pink wafers. Oh, I don't know. I- I'll be up for it, but I don't know. I haven't got a lot of uh, experience in the wafer game, mate. Well, how about this then? You get them and I do the off-brand brand off. I'm a little bit more au fait with the pink wafer. And no, Eli, that's not a euphemism. Okay, uh, we should uh, do a-, a reverse brand off, off-brand brand off. So it would be called brand off, yeah. brand off instead of off-brand no, brand, brand be off. Called- Fodnrap, Fodnrap. <laughs> That's it. Right. Shall I taste it? Oh, the grand old Duke of Sproff. He had 10,000 men. He spoffed them up to the top of the hill. He spoffed them off again. And when they were joshed, they were joshed. And when they were tossed, they were tossed. And when he was only halfway tossed, he was covered in this blosh. I'm going to give you a fiver for that one. <laughs> 
I was going to say, should I start with the plain or the hazelnut? Plain, then hazelnut. You've got two here, right? So one is the exact same thing, but one's just with a hazelnut chocolate and the other one's a plain chocolate. That's right. And it looks to be quite dark chocolate. I've opened the plain one and I'm going to have a it little sniff. It looks tasty. It smells like a chocolate wafer. He's going in. Is it crunchy? Because some of them can taste soft and a bit off, you know? Oh, that's nice. Ooh. Do you know why that's nice? Why? It's got a nice, crispy, crunchy um, texture. Is it the nice balance of soft and hard? It's hard. Uh, <laughs> it yeah. is hard. Uh, nice and crisp. And it's got... Um, there you go. Sample that, boys and girls. Dark chocolate. So you get the, the nice, sweet crunchiness on the inside. Then the dark chocolate on the outside comes around the back, so to speak, and uh, mm. finishes finishes you off with a lovely bitter, sophisticated, dark chocolate aftermath. Well, that sounds quite pleasant. Mm. Out of ten, what are you going to give that, then? I don't really like wafers. <sighs> yes. So There's a lot of things seven. we don't like on this show, but we must still eat and try think... to judge objectively as possible. It's good. As a wafer chocolate bar goes, it's good. I'll give it a seven. Seven is a good score. Now I'll try the hazelnut. Oh, I can smell the hazelnut on it. Now, this will um, this will taste a bit of Nutella, I, I expect. Well, you presume, but there's a lot of Nutella knockoffs that don't taste like Nutella at all. Oh, his face is all pinched up. He's not happy with that. It's not What's as wrong nice. With that? It's not as nice because the sweetness isn't isn't undercut by the darkness of the chocolate, and it's a bit sickly. I and, see. So it's almost too artificial as well compared to the other flavours in the other one. Yeah, and the, there is a hazelnut flavour, but it's quite insubstantial. Not as nice as yeah. the other one. Right. It's like when we did those um, hazelnut spread knockoffs from years ago. You remember Euro creme and such? Yes. And it's like the texture and the flavour isn't there and they often make it too thick and they often make it too artificially sweet. And I'm not saying Nutella is the healthiest thing in the world because we've all seen the picture of it broken up into its separate parts. You know, Mainly the sugar. And the, yeah. And it's like, I know that. I know it's not healthy, but that's why I eat it by the fistful when I have it in the house. Do you get buckets? Bucket My favourite thing in the world is to take rich tea biscuits and just scoop up big chunks of Nutella from the pot and eat it. Now, moving on, uh, we've got two Nestle So, okay, what did you give the other one out of 10? Before we move on to the next item, what what did you give the the hazelnut one out of 10? Three? Uh, Six. Six. Oh, six, okay. It was all right. It's quite nice. Okay, so on to next two more bars that share a brand, but not a flavour. And these are wafer bars as well, Paul. So we're getting, we're doing our... It's a wafer day. We're doing our... Our wafer-based purgatory here. These these ones are Princessa bars. Princessa? Princessa. Oh, Princessa. Who's it by? What company? I thought that said Walls then for a minute. Nestle. Yes, they're everywhere. They are like the uh, the sausage fingers from outer space in reality because they control things what, down Nestle? here. On a... Yeah, no. Now, hey, Paul. Let's bring it down. Come Nestle, on. Nestle First also... First podcast ma- to cause an insurrection. Let's cause an insurrection. Anyway, um, burn it all down and let uh, us, Eli and I, be your leaders. Come on. First podcast to have an insurrection or even better, death cult. We'll do it. Come join the cheap show cult. <laughs> we won't do it. Paul, can I eat this fucking on wafer? spoff, shall I? <laughs> You're just doing tropes. That is another 50p, by the way. And It's not another 50 uh, All right, 50p. You said, so, so you far... Said, it's you seven said quid, I owe you. You said omspofuli. Yes, I did. Yes. Now, <laughs> you, you, know, you know about cults. You'll be fine. You can get us started. You can be the, You can get us what we need to do, what we need to dress. I know. I've got I, I some robes. I presume it's all moo-moos and sandals. I've got some robes, quick access robes. Robes with a little bum hatch, basically. Like a long, heavy yeah. robe. A long, heavy robe with a Velcro bum hatch. facing. So, but the flap is facing upwards. Yeah. The, the flap is facing upwards, so a cult leader or someone at a high level, like we would be at the top, obviously, me or you. So this obviously. Goes, 
it goes without saying that we'd have flap access. You know what I mean? Well, obviously flap access. We can go around and we can go, initiates, approach the bench. And then they could come up and then we could go, turn around, turn around, turn around. (laughs) (laughs) They slowly turn around and then what do they do? Then they go, om spunkyuvai, om spunkyuvai. And then we go, we rip, we rip, we go, judge, I will judge you. We rip the upwards upward facing flap on the back of their heavy linen robe yeah and we we inspect their bums we, right and we how read, do we inspect we read the um we read the future in their arsehole swirls I, I was thinking maybe they turn like six of them in a row stand in front of us they turn around they drop their bum flaps and then i lie on a wooden bench behind <laughs> them and then they just kind of let it all chunder out on me and oh. i predict their future oh paul i go Mmm, great things for you ahead. <laughs> they go, thank you, Mr. Gannon. And then they they pull up their flaps and then you go, no. And you get out the discipline machine. And then I just hand them over to you. <laughs> I'm not getting involved in the discipline machine. Paul, I've just had a little, a little eureka moment. Do you want to clean it up? <laughs> uh, That's 50p. Yes, thank you. We were talking just now about how wafers seem to dominate this sort of confectionery world, right? And yeah. then it just it just occurred to me, what's the most popular chocolate bar on the whole planet? Mars or Snickers? Kit Kat. Is it? Oh, and, I don't know. Should we just check? Yeah. All right, let me just check. I'm going to go into the Cheap Show database. Uh, most Five most popular chocolate bars from around the globe. All right, here we go. The most popular chocolate bars global in the world. Here we go. At five, it's Lint Excellence Bar with 109,000 sold last year. Fuck off. At number four, the Cadbury Caramilk Bar. 163,000 bars sold last year. That's a wafer. That's a wafer as well. Is it? Yeah. At three... It's Tony's Chocoloni Bar. We've never had a Chocoloni. No, we haven't, because they're the bars that cost you seven fucking quid, because they're kind of those bars you buy in those posh hipster off-licenses. Oh. You know, where you go, oh, I don't mind paying £7 for a bottle of this and £2 for a bottle of that. Oh, fuck it, I'll have a £6 chocolate bar as well, because I've got no sense. But don't worry, I've got a tote bag, so I'm saving the world. Fuck off. <laughs> right. Anyway, at number two, the Mars Bar. 816,000 bars sold annually worldwide. And at number one, it is the Cadbury Dairy Milk. Well, I was totally wrong then. Apparently. This is shit. This is the total waste of our time. Fuzzable.com, which is legitimate, published a year ago. Look at this one okay, then. Th- most other websites give us the same list. Dairy Milk at number one, Mars Bar at number two, Caramilk. Lind, and then just in this instance, Tony's Chocoloni milk chocolate. Tony's Chocoloni. I'd like to get my hands on one of those. There's a whole fucking it... list here of 30 most popular candies and snacks from around the world. All oh, right, stop. Can we have your, your attention back? Mate, I've been pulled into a rabbit hole. You've got to get me out. You've got to pull me out. All right. Oh, I'm pulling. I'm pulling. Ah, uh, uh, oh, God. Thank you. That was terrible. Yeah, so Cadbury's... What are we doing? What's this podcast about? <laughs> We're talking about Kit Kats, Paul. Now, yes, I the other day, because uh, recently we tasted a bunch of uh, Japanese special Kit Kats, uh, including the uh, cheesecake, right. 
the cheesecake flavour, which we both disliked intensely. And you've seen in the wild some more flavours. Yes, I have. There's a corner shop round the corner from here that seems to have the American versions of these special edition Kit Kats. And I did try a couple, um, but they're yeah. like, they're, these are full size proper Kit Kat bars. Um, and I did right. try, a, I tried a dark chocolate and, and peppermint one. And right. it's it's a thing of beauty. It, it's like the whole top of the bar is sort of mint green, but then the bottom is like right. dark dark chocolate flavour. Can you imagine? And it's a real contrast. Nice. Yeah, it's and like they, a club biscuit almost. It was it was really tasty. And also, mate, counterpoint. I went to Poundland and I bought a, a, a multi pack of Kit Kats, but they were all honeycomb flavour. Oh, and I got home thinking, oh. Honeycomb Kit Kat, that's amazing. The problem is, it's just the chocolate that's flavoured honeycomb. There's no honeycomb layer to it. Right. You know what I mean? Like a crunchy bar, like a thin crunchy bar centre. And yeah. I was like, that's a wasted opportunity. That's lazy. And it didn't taste all that nice, to be fair, either. No, they're very hit and miss. The other one I got was um, birthday cake flavour, which was, in fact, one we tried, wasn't it? Anyway. Like chocolate, very sweet. Anyway. anyway pr- Princetto. Now, I have two different examples of Princessa bars here. Again, there's a hazelnut one. Hazelnut. Uh, and I now know how to say hazelnut in Polish. Which is? Or was a chower. Oh. The other... And if it was a little doggy, it would be chihuahua. Yes. Little... Edit that, Paul. Right, moving <laughs> on. Here's, here's the first type. It's a princess zebra. Oh, because it's black and white wafer. Yes. Now, I'm going to have a little... That's exciting. Up. Give that a go. All right. I wonder if it's all, all appearance and very little flavour. Uh, there's not much appearance, mate. I was expecting a stark black and white stripes as a zebra. Look, I'm just going to show it to you. Oh, it doesn't look anything like what you think it's going to be. It's it just looks like a wafer version of an Oreo. You don't, you don't think zebra looking at it, do you? I thought that was going to be some kind of Battenberg looking thing. You know, it has like slices of black and white. Yeah, it's false advertising there on the packet. Well, I don't know about that. It's just a bit disappointing. Try it and see. He's taken a bite. Oh, no. His face instantly went to... I just ate doggy dirt. What's wrong with it? It's just a wafer. It's just, I can't taste it. There's no particular flavour standing out. It tastes like, you know, one of those cheap ice cream cones you get at the seaside. Oh, really? Yeah. And there's just, there's some, the fondant is very overpowered, underpowered. Underpowered fondant. I am underpowered fondant. And I shall bring you to your knees. Is that another character, Paul? No. Right, I'm opening the uh, hazelnut one. Oh, that's got... It's got a chocolate covering. It does, but it's got a very... Quite a strong hazelnut flavour. A lot a lot stronger than the uh, Greshki hazelnut that I just tried. Yeah. I'm going to try this one. Give it a bite. And he is. He's giving me a whole Essex girl at a nightclub look, where it's like, what are you doing? Not interested, love. All right, then I'll go sit over there and cry. That kind of look that I'm used to. <laughs> uh, that was very underpowered. Not very nice. Really? Yeah. Weak flavour. The flavour is just weak. Sweet, not sweet enough. There's a bit of, uh, you know, walnut or whatever, hazelnut. Yeah. But in terms of comparing these two basically very similar products, the Greshki and the Princessa, yeah. for, for me, the Greshki has it, has it in the bag. Much more texture, uh, more amplitude, different flavours coming through. Okay, so if not entirely successful, at least a better quality of wafer. The Greshki, the one, the first ones I tasted are much better than the Princessa. And I think it's... The Princessa, which are the, uh, out of ten, what are you giving them both? Five and a half. For both. Yeah, there's no difference. I mean, there's hardly any no. difference between Sounds them. generous. The Zebra one was a particular disappointment. Just nothing going on. All right. You know? So what's the finale? What's the last wafer we've got today? What's the last snack? No, I've got... I've got loads of other fucking snacks, Paul. <laughs> 
Mate, I'm just going to put it like this. Done over half an hour. Watch your last snack. I don't know. How about it's up to you, Paul. Which of these do right. you, would you like to see me try as the last the last item? All right. On no, this I like that. Okay. So no, I like this. Here are Go your on. options. Here are your options. First up, Pajoy. Oh, Pajoy. All right. That's those little stick things. All right. Good. Second up, Lottie Strawberry. Lottie. Oh. I actually think these Japanese snacks came from someone else, so well, that's they, good got, of me. I've got a mixed bag, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Pocky Choco Banana. Pocky Choco Banana. Yeah, and what's next? What's that? What's the other one? This is a sort of Lion Bar type chocolate bar looking. Oh, do that one. What's it called? Big Max? No, it's called Alibi Max. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you in the night of the 16th? I don't know. I have Alibi Max. Exactly. Max good alibi. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, maybe this started off because it was an alibi bar. Like a famous murderer said, oh, if you'll find, I, I couldn't have been murdering because I was eating an alibi max. Perhaps that's where the word comes from. Great. The marketing department. Hey, have you heard? The local serial killer who murdered 76 people has just recommended our bar. Oh, let's go with that. Yeah, he said it was his alibi. Oh, let's call it the alibi bar then, because I was tired of calling it the murder bar. That murders your hunger. <laughs> yeah, perhaps that's it. But I'm just trying to think, logically, how could a chocolate bar be an alibi in a real court case, Paul? Oh, OK, so uh, on the murder body, they find some chocolate smeared on some of the body somehow and they test yeah. it and they find it, it it comes from a chocolate bar of some particular type and so they go to the murderer's house who they think it is and he goes it couldn't have been me for i'm allergic to the ingredients in that chocolate bar i was eating this the alibi max which is <laughs> great for my allergies i think you'll find i can only eat this chocolate bar and no other and the police go oh my god he got away with it again very good paul very very good I've watched a lot of Columbo, mate. I'm not. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not too bad on murders. I'm gonna have a half of this Alibi Max. Have a half of the Alibi Max. Although that is a great character, Alibi Max. He comes over and he goes, "Yeah, I was with him on the night. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> That's me, Alibi Max." All right, mate. <laughs> Paul, have a look at the texture of this Alibi Max. All right. Oh, it's chunky. It's knobbly. It looks like a poo, though. <laughs> really badly. This is um. It's very rigid as well. So this is. Probably the chocolate bar, which I'd select uh, of all the chocolate bars I've seen in my life, Paul, if I was going to do the poo yeah. poo in the pool prank, I would choose that. It's got a lot of texture, doesn't it? That does look like something that would perfectly fill up an empty crisp bag for my collection. I will <laughs> say that for it. Cool back. It's now, got a lot of teeth. I'm going to taste it. He's going in. It's a big, thick bite. So is it like a lime bar? It's like a bit of wafer, caramel, nuts, chocolate. No nuts, but yeah, apart from that, everything... Spot on. Because I quite like lion bars, but only maybe because of the nuts. Otherwise, it'd be quite a boring chew. So what's that like? Does a lion bar have nuts in? Uh, Yeah, or is it crispy bits? It's got something on the outside of it. No, you're thinking of a, a picnic. Mm, yeah, I mean, picnics are a great poo analogue. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> analogue. Oh, mate, you're coining terms here. I've got a poo analogue. <laughs> What, you have both, sir? Yeah, exactly. So it's like um, a star bar or a lion bar. Very, very similar, but not enough. No, star bars are um, peanut butter. No, they're not. Well, you're having a second bite, so you must be enjoying it. It's all right. All right, well then, 
Wonderful. What was your favourite out of all of those snacks? Uh, probably the Greshki dark chocolate. And what would you give the Max chocolate bar out of 10? It's perfectly good, actually. But I'd still go for a star bar or a lion bar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fair enough. I'll give it seven, mate. Seven. Fair enough. A seven is good. So there you go. Alibi Max gets a recommendation. And uh, our winner today is the dark chocolate Gretzky Wafer Bar. Eli Silverman, you've done sterling work today. Thank you. And if anyone would like to send me empty crisp packets, uh, I've got a lot of them to. I need to fill. I would actually, you see, I would actually collect vintage crisp packets with shit or without shit. Not, w- I mean, without shit. I mean, forget the shit. I would just, uh, I like, I like I don't vintage crisp. Shit is a prerequisite of having a collection of crisp bags. I don't well, think you, you'd be sneered at. You said so. Yeah, but, you, you know, come on in, look at my crisp bags. Oh, they're nice. That's good. But just one thing, Paul. Yeah. Shouldn't they have shit with them? Oh, no. Yeah, they should, usually. But I just thought I'd go for, a, you know, a clean set. And they go, oh, just thought it'd be more impressive with the shit. Paul, Paul. What? Uh, Paul, uh, have you still got your shit, your, your, your crisp packet collection on the wall? Yeah. Right. I just got a phone call from the concierge of Lady Hildegard, Big Nostril Hildegard, right? She's coming round. Yeah. She's doing a little spot right. visit, a spot check on your crisps, and she's very posh, all right? So just be on your best behaviour. She'll be here any second now. All right, okay, all right. Oh, this is exciting. I've never really met her. her. Her name is legendary. She knows all about crisp packets. Oh, here she is. Yeah, come in, come in, darling. Come in, uh, uh, I mean, ma'am. Oh, hello. Oh, my nostrils so flary. I'm an aristocratic lady of the nostrils, and I have large nostrils, Oh, with big hairies. Mm, I can smell you. Is this the now, gimmick of this character? It's just big nose. Hairy, big nose. All right. Could be. I'm an aristocrat. How can I help you today, ma'am? Well, I have a deep, resounding interest in the vintage crisp wrappers of the proletariat of yesteryear. And I hear tell, I hear tell from one of my flying monkeys that you... Paul Gainon. <laughs> he was trying to remember my surname, middle name then for a minute. And it went, didn't it? Paul Michael didn't Gainon. It? Paul Michael yeah. Gainon. You have Chris Packets. Do you care to show me a couple? I'm a dame. Yeah, no. I've, I've got a, 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 a an installation in, in, in my other room. Uh, just come through. Yeah, oh, so okay. along this wall is where I keep my crisps. Um, some of them I have in storage, mm. but I have my most kind of valuable up on the wall. Just like, if you look over there, Ooh. you can see a, uh, a 1986 packet of bits of pizza. Ooh. That's just margarita. Ooh, I've... And just next to it, I have an old uh, hedgehog flavour snack. Oh, that's beautiful. What a beautiful piece. And uh, if hey, shh, if you're interested in a bit kind of a surrealer start, I do have a mid-1990s, very rare vanilla ice cream flavoured Monster Munch packet on the wall. Ooh, ooh. Now, this is a very impressive collection you have. Thank you. Young man. What I like to do is I like to... Yeah? I like to sniff the packets and just see if I can get Mm. a little residue of the original crisp because I have cavernous nostrils and they, they suck up all sorts of traces. Do you mind? Well, which one would you like to try? Oh, the the hedgehog flavour. Oh, that's good. I filled that yesterday. All right, I'll take that down off the wall. Okay. Here you go. I'm just going to warm up my nostrils with a little bit of light lubing. I'm glad you're enjoying this because I'm pretty sure a lot of people listening are. But carry on. We're going to see this through to the end. Come on. Oh, 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 right, I'm ready. Where's the crisp packet? Here we go. You can sniff this, this hedgehog-flavoured crisp packet now. 
How dare I? You filled this packet full of shit, you fucking bastard. Yeah, that's how I do it, to keep give it some girth and some weight. You've given it the scent of poo. Oh, I've... <laughs> yeah. But, mate, here's the great thing about it, Your Excellency Lady. Think about it this way. You just had your own ratatouille moment. You know the end of ratatouille? It's like that, but you had a ratatouille moment. <laughs> And scene. Cut it. It's Paul's Page Turners. Paul's Page Turners. Paul's Page Turners. It's a book. Let's have a look in Page Turners. I'm looking forward to this one, Paul. And it's a nice, gentle uh, tune and not just the caterwaulings of a madman screaming vowels into the void. All right, all right. So, uh, this week's Paul's Page Turners comes in as part of a P.O. box from a lovely person called Kyle. Kyle sent a long letter and a load of stuff in a P.O. box. So uh, we've got the page turners we're going to talk about today, but he also sent in a bloody huge Atmosphere board game. Ooh. So Atmosphere board game, I mean, a lot of people probably know what it is. 90s board game, Dungeons & Dragons-y kind of thing, but the gimmick was you had a VHS tape running the whole time. That would interrupt your gameplay and say, whoever's in playing the game right now must stop and go back eight places, and give his coins to someone else. And you go, oh, ghost man, you've ruined me, go. That so kind it, of thing. it's an original version of some of those uh, sort of DVD quiz games that came out later. Yeah. Now, he says, obviously, you can't play the VHS because we don't have a VHS player, but the video is online on YouTube. So it's something we could potentially play, maybe. I'm up for it. I don't know. They're, they're a long game. I'm totally up it for it. It might be something that I do for Ganonland, which you're not going to be a part of. Uh, right, so, <laughs> so dear Eli in big letters and then Paul in the tiniest handwriting he could muster. As it should be, thank you. I can see that. Kyle, you've pleased me. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well during lockdown and coping with all the bullshit that life is throwing at us here in the UK. There are more people in London than there are in the whole of Scotland, so I can only imagine how tough it must be down there with all the restrictions. Uh, Kyle, it fucking sucks balls, but at the end of the day, that's all we're asked to do. Uh, it's not the end of the world. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, he sent us a copy of Atmosphere, which I think is complete. Don't worry for that VHS player. There we go. Said that bit. Oh, so he sent two books, one of which we'll do in a future episode, which is he sent us the um, the Warlock of Firetop Mountain, a fighting fantasy game book in which you become the hero. That's probably the most famous British choose-your-own-adventure book and was the first of the Steve Jackson, Ian Livingston fighting fantasy titles because these were basically choose your own adventure books but the spin on this was there was like dice elements and like what was it uh, stamina and health and courage points well basically it's taking the choose your own adventure format and merging it with the dungeons and dragons and i think we'll cover that in the future because as as kyle says he's also given us a uh, map of the area because like he's taken the book like you did you know you said you did it with the graph paper he's taken it and he I think he even says in here, actually, hang on, let me have a read properly. Excuse the condition of the book. Yeah, it's a bit ropey, pages falling out because he's had it since he was a child. So it's very kind that he's donated it to the show. He also did a photocopy of the map of the book drawn for me by my pals as a wedding gift. I would have wanted a toaster, but a map of a fictional bookland will do, (laughs) I guess. But I guess it means a lot to them. So maybe it's a cute little thing. Uh, And then finally, 
the book that we're going to be talking about in this section, which is called More Rugby Songs. I know you love a sing-song, Paul, so I thought you'd appreciate it. If not, you can at least have a wank to all the lads on the cover. <sighs> I believe there's a Rugby Songs record out there somewhere Eli may have heard of it. Check page 52 called Chicago. The fact that he's already had to highlight a song in this fills me with fucking dread. Let me see these uh, these hunks on the cover. See if... Oh, they're, oh they're, na- they're in the shower. Oh, they I didn't even notice. Let's have a look. Oh, yeah, they are all naked, but also they look like the kind of guys who would pick you up and throw you in a bush on a piss night out for a laugh. Yes. What's this guy got on his head there? He looks like he's wearing a nappy or something on his head. I think he's wearing, yeah, like the codpiece bit on his head to protect his junk when he's doing rugby's. I think no, that's on I his head. I think actually that's one of those those weird half helmets that they wear to protect their temples in the scrum, isn't it? The thing is, though, they've all decided to shout at the same time for this picture. But what it looks like now is like they're all coming en masse at the same time in the shower. Or it looks like there's some kind of huge bukkake demon standing over them and they're all opening their mouths expecting the splodge to come down. The big, big splodge coming down. Stop splodge, splodge teasing me. (laughs) I can't deal with it. That, That cover, they're all just waiting for the god of spunk to fucking unload 20,000 gallons of pure horse semen. I am the god of hell spunk and I bring you jism. I'll leave you to soak. Jism. I spunked off my load. I'm just going to give 50p to that. So we're at eight pound now. I am the god of semen and I bring you jism. I spunked off my broth. Jism. I'll leave you my sperm. Jism. All right, I've they get the joke now, my... Eli. They get it. We can move on. So I am the god of hell, Jism, and I bring you spunk. <laughs> Mate. I'm spunking right off. I am the god of hellmans, and I bring you mayo. I'll leave you to curd. <laughs> Mayo. <laughs> right. So, more rugby songs. Um, on the back, it says the huge success of Sphere's first book of rugby songs had led many ardent rugby players and poetry lovers to complain that a number of their particular favourites were left out. More rugby songs, more than makes up for the omissions. Collected here for the first time on more than a hundred songs from when I was only seventeen to. The Mayor of Bayswater's Daughter. Oh, God. Let's do a quick explanation of rugby. It's a sport where you chuck a ball around and you run to one end of a field and lots of big, burly men tassel over it. But (laughs) the other thing, the other thing about rugby is it's sort of, it's, there's a class divide, isn't there, in this country where rugby is much more upper class uh, and football is much more lower class, generally it's, speaking. Well, no, it's different. It's odd because because of the how rugby was created, because it was a university sport, wasn't it? It was invented at a uni- the, well, the University of Rugby. Right. So it has that educated element to it, but it's still an earthy sport that everyone can play. What's different is football's always been seen as the working man's sport, even though it really hasn't been a working man's sport for 30 years now. Well, yes, but I'm talking about the way that it's sort of portrayed, yes. But what blows my mind, though, is that based on that very broad understanding of the difference between football and rugby, why is it football chanting is more tribal and rugby chanting or poetry 
quote-unquote poetry is more vulgar and rude. Yes. I think my dad had a theory about it where, like, with football, you used to get a lot of problem with violence with the fans, you know, hooliganism. Yeah. But you don't get that so much with rugby because his theory was the rugby was the the, the sport itself is much more violent. You know, it's it's full contact. It's a much right. more... There's actual violence going on on the... So then the fans didn't need to, you know... Well, that explains Canada. It's just a theory. Because you think of Canada and, like, yeah. the, you know, stereotypically a peaceful people all laid back and very understanding. But their national sport is ice hockey, which is a death sport. <laughs> you know, it's just people whacking yeah. each other. And, and... But that's a very good point because ice hockey, they actually have built into the rules of the game boxing matches, don't they? I think they, it they developed sort of... in that, yeah. Right, yeah, weird. So it does. who wrote this book? Because it came out in 1968, this edition. But I can't seem to find on it an author or someone who edited it. Probably because they're fucking ashamed. This would have been the equivalent of releasing a dirty DVD in the 2000s, you know? It's the kind of book that if you go to to the loo in someone else's house and you think, ooh, they've got some books. I wonder, I'll just have a little look at one of these books while I take a shit. Yeah. And you go, oh, is that oh. all they've got? And then you read half a page and you go, oh, fuck my life. What am I doing in this old lady's house? You know what I mean? <laughs> Taking a shit. <laughs> Shitting and reading rugby songs. What has my life come to? I'm just going to read out the rugby songs and you just bear in mind which ones you think we might like to listen to um please don't burn our blank house down in glamorgan farting contest anti-war pancrea uh ode to the four-letter word how much to oldham that child that i carry when i was only 17 little sister lily gunga din the horse and the cow pickle dilly pickle dilly pox that torn it 20 toes <laughs> i dreamed my love lay in her bed a miner came home one night. There was an old lady. There was a puritanical oh, yeah. lad. This is all beginning to sound like some kind of weird beat poetry, the one I just read out the titles. Come away with me. Tim the Tinker. The Woodpecker's Song. Lady Fuckinghurst's Speech. <laughs> what? I've, I've got some suggestions, ones I like. Fuck em all. My Wife the Maid and Miss Puggy Wuggy. The Hedgehog. The Harlots of Baghdad. The Pig Got Up and Walked Away. Jungle Menu. Bedtime Story. Pissing About on the River, Walking Down Crumbling Lane, The Dill Doldrums, Mother Kelly's Horse Shop, The Cuckoo, John Brown's Knob, Dan the Waterworks Man, The Three Jews of Norfolk, The Wild Fuck West me. Show, The Vicar in the Dockland Church, Lydia Pink, Chin Chin Chinaman, I don't even want to know, <laughs> Down in the Valley, Mary's Blue Vein, I Laid My Hand Upon Her Knee, Sir Jasper, Tiddlywinks the Old Man, Mary Box, My Little Pink Panties, Never Wed an Old Man, Pump Away, The Women of Papua, Last Night I Pulled Me Pud, Little Jim, The Blacksmith Told Me Before He Died, Rule Britannia, Mary's Rusty Lamb, The Q Bus Q, Maria, The Wee Wee Song, I Love a Lassie, The Sheik of the Lavatory, Balls to Bloody Bocklington, The Ins and Outs of Contact Bridge, and Ancient Old Irish French Letter. <laughs> now, there's a few of those, Paul, which we should avoid because they're obviously extremely racist. But the ones that stuck out for me, Paul... Yeah. Uh, that's Tornit. Tornit, uh, yeah. Hang on, I was going to make a note of these. Tornit. The Cow and the Horse. Cow and Horse, yeah. And also a Farting Competition. Let's have a look at which one was Tornit again. Tornit, where is Tornit? Number 36, let's have a look. Is it something... Uh, Something personal that gets torn, I wonder. Like a, a rectum or a, a, a willy banjo, maybe. A willy banjo? I don't know. Here is That Torn It. Did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it. 
Little Mildred based her hopes on a book by Mary Strops, but to judge her from condition, she must have bought the wrong edition. Oh, I'll just, I'll not sing it. It ruins it. Little Mildred based her hopes on a book by Mary Stopes, but to judge from her condition, she must have bought the wrong edition. All the prophylactics planned cannot rid this wicked land of overpopulation cursed by careful copulation. All the choicest whores in France cannot beat the laws of chance. We would rather trust to luck and so enjoy an honest... I don't know, it just blanks the last bit out in the book. It's a fuck, Paul. It's a fuck. It's a fuck. So what does that mean? Is that a poem about a woman who bought a dildo so big it tore her no it's about prophylactics rubber johnnies and someone tore the johnny yeah pro condoms or anti i'm not sure this is that's a load of shit i wouldn't remember that well that's crap two out of ten yeah you rate them here's the horse and the cow this i'm looking forward to the horse and the cow live 30 years and nothing knows of wines or beers the goats and sheep of 20 die and never a taste of scotch or rye the so drinks water by the ton and at 18 is nearly done the dog at 15 cashes in without the aid of rum and gin. The cat in milk and water soaks, and then at 12 short years it croaks. The modest sober home dry hen lays eggs for years and dies at 10. All animals are strictly dry, they simply live and simply die. But sinful ginful rum-soaked men survive three score years and 10, and some of them, the mighty few, stay pickled till they're 92. That's good, I like that. Seven out of 10. It's a great song about how animals don't drink alcohol, you know, which I often think about. But the argument is it must be the booze that's keeping us longer, alive longer than the animals because the only difference is the animals don't drink booze. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, but they so also are highly say, allergic to booze, aren't they? It's trying, Some animals, so you can't give say, it or they die instantly. You're no. not going to get far trying to get a chicken pissed. You can get a dog pissed, can't you? Can you? Yeah. How do you get a dog drunk? You just put a beer in its, in its bowl, in its water bowl. I've, you can't or, give a dog booze. Yes, you can. It's not good. It's not a good thing to do, but you can do it. They'll drink it. And uh, also, what you could do, Paul, is just get some pure... The dogs will lap up anything, as we heard from that fucking sex fact book a few weeks ago. Yes. You could uh, fill, a, fill a syringe full of alcohol and then just inject your dog when it's sleeping or something. Mate, fucking hell. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm going to do the farting competition poem for you now. Yay. Right. This is fucking long. This is a whole fucking don't then thing. I'll do. I'll do bits of it. I'll tell you a tale that's sure to please of a grand farting con- contest at Shittington on Peas, where all the best farts parade in the fields to compete in the contest for various shields. Some tighten their arses and fart up the scale to compete for a cup and a barrel of ale, while others who fart are biggest and strongest compete in the section for loudest and longest. And now this year's events have drawn a big crowd, and the betting was even on Mrs. McLeod, for it appeared in the evening edition that this lady's arsehole was in perfect condition. Now old Mrs. Jones has a perfect backside, half a forest of hers, and a wart on each side, and she fancied their chances of winning with ease, having trade on a diet of cabbage and peas. The vicar arrived and ascended the stand, and thus he addressed this remarkable band. The contestant is on, and shown on the bills. We've precluded the use of injection and pills. Mrs. Bindle arrived amid roars of applause, and promptly proceeded to pull down her drawers. And though she'd no chance in the farting display, she's the prettiest arsehole you've seen in of the day. <sighs> <sighs> the ladies lined up, yeah. the signal to start, and winning the toss of Miss Jones, who took first fart. 
The people around stood in silence and wonder while the wireless announced gale warnings of thunder. Mrs. McLeod reckoned nothing of this. She'd had some weak tea and was all wind and piss. She took up the place with her arse open wide, but unluckily sharted and was disqualified. Sharted? Yeah, she broke the rules. <laughs> the young Miss, Mrs. Pothole was called to the front and started by doing a wonderful stunt. She took a deep breath and clenched her hands. She blew the whole roof off the popular stands. And then Mrs. Bindle, who shyly appeared and smiled at the clergy who'd lustily cheered and through it all reckoned her chances were small she ran at a winner out farting them all with hands on her hips she stood farting alone and the crowd stood amazed as the sweetness of tone and the clergy agreed without hindrance or pause that said first to mrs bindle now pull up your drawers and with muscle well tensed and legs full apart she started a final glorious fart beginning with chopin and ending with wing she went right up the scale to god save the king she went to the rostrum and maidly gate and took the vicar a golden plate then she turned to the vicar with sweetness sublime saying come and see me sometime you know what stands out for me there paul what? this book is from 1968 and does it have the word sharted in it uh no well it didn't it had a blank but i knew what the word was going to be so it was either shat or sharted ah. but it was definitely she shat i all the bad words i see but have been you... taken out but then you have to guess what the rhyme is. Yeah, you confused me because I sharted was from a, a viz profanosaurus from, you know, a few years back. It wasn't a term that was around in the 60s. Mate, you're going to love this one. Do you want to hear Tim the Tinker? Again, yeah. songs that rugby fans sing during a rugby match or in the pub afterwards. Tim the Tinker, the lady of the manor, was dressing for the ball when she saw a Highland Tinker wanking against the wall. Chorus, with his bloody great kidney swiper and his dick of sizes of three, a yard and a half of foreskin hanging down below his knee. That's what everyone joins in on, that bit. <laughs> <laughs> the lady wrote a letter, and in it she did say, I'd rather be wanked by a tinker than his lordship any day. Chorus, the tinker got the letter, and when it he did read, his dick began to fester and his blank began to bleed. His bollocks, his meters. He mounted on his donkey and to her place did ride with his blank over shoulder and his ball strapped to his side. His his penis over his shoulder. Chorus. His, his foreskin. His... He fucked them in the parlour. He fucked them in the hall. The butler cried, God save us. He wants to fuck us all. Chorus. He fucked the groom in the parlour and the duchess in the pew. But then he fucked the butler and the butler's pet mole too. Oh, yeah. Some say the tinker has gone now. Gone fucking down to hell. All set to fuck the devil. We hope he does it well. <laughs> That's good, that one. <laughs> that one you like. That one's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Mother Kelly's horse shop. A nice jolly one. Bill Donut, come here. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh. one of the old rugby songs, Hello, is it? Bill. Yes. Oh, this one's one of my favourites. Old Kelly's horse shop. Let, let me see if I remember how it goes. A rubbity pom, rubbity okay, pom, a rubbity pom, pipom in Mother Kelly's horse shop down Paradise Row. I'd fucked along old Nelly and she'd gobble long old Joe. She'd get a hold of me winky and poke it in the hole near frock where her fanny showed through. Her belly was the fattest down our alley. I don't, I don't remember how that scans. <laughs> <laughs> to Mother Mary's whore shop I often go I'm always welcome there As the price is very low Because they love it Just the way I like to do it too In Mother Mary's whore shop Down Paradise Row Alright Bill that Paradise... Thanks Bill I think Paradise Row is in um, Bethnal Green 
I think I know that road. Is it? A, is it a place where prostitutes go? Sex workers? Is it a sex well, it workers area? Been. It would have been because it's the deep uh, East End, isn't it? So probably it's just by Bethnal Green um, tube stop. I mean, I, I presume you don't want me to read Chin Chin Chinaman out. No. This one's called the night. Last night I pulled me pud. Oh yeah. <sighs> Uh, here, I know this one. Let me let me sing this one. Last night I pulled me pod. No, Bill. What? Come Bill. on, I, I need this. I need to sing. You didn't remember the last one. You didn't remember the I'm, last I one, know, did you, Bill? I know, but it's properly? such an old song. I think I remember this one a bit more. Here we go. <laughs> Bill, <laughs> Bill, have you been drink- drinking? Have you been drinking? Well, I've not been drinking much, if that's what you mean. I only drink, drink a little bit of the bleach this week, Mr. Silverman. All right. Uh, Come on, do the song, uh, Bam. Oh, I'll sing this. Oh, here we go. Pom, 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 pop of pom, pom, pom. Last night I pulled my pud. It did me good. Like I knew it would. Fling it, sling it, throw it on the floor. Smash it, crash it, catch it in the door. Some people say that pussies are mighty good, but for personal enjoyment, I'd rather pull me pod. Oi, that one I remember. Yes, I remember that one. It's my favourite. Bill, could you could you give give me the give me the pull back, back, please? Because thank you. Here we go. God Almighty! There's the final poem in this book, which I'm not going to read. It's called "Sing Us Another One Do." And it goes on for the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten pages. How can it be a real song? It can't be a real rugby song. Well, it is. It's called Sing Us Another One Do. And it probably goes along with an old famous song of the time. But uh, it's a bit, um, it's a bit, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a bit limericky. Uh. There once was a fellow from Reading who was constantly wetting the bedding till it made his wife say, I don't mind the spray. It's the stench in the morning I'm dreading. It's that kind of stuff. Oh. Uh. There once was a young man from Devizes whose balls were of two different sizes. One weighed a pound and dragged on the ground. The other one's as large as a flies is. As a flies is, yeah. That's good. That's a good one. Flies don't have bollocks, though, do they? Uh, There once was a man from Belgravia found guilty of obscene behaviour when he met little girls. No, I'm not reading that. I'm actually not reading that. But what I'm going to do, Eli, is hold that one to the camera and let you read it. There once was a man from Belgravia found guilty of obscene behaviour. When he met little girls, he'd run... Oh, fuck. That's terrible. I've got one. I've got a limerick. Yeah. Want to hear it? There once was a... There once was a... There once... (laughs) God, mate. Have you got one? Or are you just trying to think of... There once was a tramp called Munt who had a fucking airy cunt. Right, no, you know what? Stop. <laughs> That's it. Stop. <laughs> Already, I think I've added another six pound to this. Paul, do you know what? I hate this book, this rugby book, and I'm just looking forward to the end of the segment. I hate this book too. <sighs> to finish with, a policeman from near Clapham Junction had a penis that just wouldn't function. For the rest of his life, he misled his poor wife with some snot on the end of his truncheon. Fucking hell. (laughs) That's a great... I've I've changed my mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's very ingenious. So there you go. More rugby songs. Uh, If nothing else, it's an insight into the... um, It's not an insight. It's just another fucking reason why I hate sports people. Just in a nutshell. But there's definitely some stuff in there that, you know predates rugby and goes back probably goes back several centuries you know yeah it's like dirty jokes hang around for a long time so it probably is 
in terms of sort of, uh, I don't know what they call it, but kind of language archaeology, it probably is quite of interest to people. I, it probably goes back to the idea of um, pissed up singing pub songs, you know. She's got a big un. A little Bobby Biscuit, he's got a big in too. I don't know, I don't do a lot of drinking yes. and singing rugby songs. I don't know how they go. <laughs> no, but they're quite witty, some of them. I mean, but, and it is a shame. I wonder if there's an updated version where they've put the dirty words back in because uh, you lose you lose a lot with the blanks as well. On a lot you of do those, lose you? a lot with the blanks, unfortunately. He did recommend Chicago. So uh, let me have a look at Chicago. All right, let's have a look at that. Oh, uh, all right. I don't, I'm hoping this one doesn't have a catch in. That's why he's pointed it out. Uh, I used to work in Chicago in a department store. I used to work in Chicago, but I don't work there no more. A lady came into the hat shop. I asked, what kind would you like? Felt, she said. Felt, I did. I never worked there no more. A lady came in for a water bottle. I asked, what kind would you like? Rubber, she said. Rubber, I did. I never worked there anymore. A lady came in for a sweater. I asked, what kind of, what kind of sweater you'd like? Jumper, she said. Jumper, I did. I did. I never worked there anymore. A lady came in for a cake. I asked, what kind of cake would you like? Layer, she said. Layer, I did. I never worked there anymore. A lady came in for a ticket. I can see where this I is asked, going. Where would you like to go? Banger, she said. Banger, I did. I never worked there anymore. Uh, a lady came in for a sleeper. Right. I asked, which birth would you like? Upper, she said. Upper, I did. I never worked there anymore. So there we go. We end on a rugby song and a Tales from the Shop Floor. <laughs> and also, what? I've got lots of questions. First question How many fucking department stores are there in Chicago? Do they not talk to each other about who no, they hire? That's the thing, isn't it? And if he sat down, why is person- he in jail? The person in this story sits down for a job interview. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I'd really like to be a cashier uh, at Debenhams. I'm just looking for your CV, sir. Um, DHS, you were there a few weeks. What happened? Um, a woman came in f- with, for a jumper and then a jumped and I got fired. Right, okay. And the police weren't involved? Not in that instance, no. Right. And then it says you were John Lewis for a couple of months. Yeah, it was John Lewis. And what happened there? Well, look, uh, someone came in for a cake, layer, and so I laid her, and then I got fired. Did the police get involved in that one? No, 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 no. All right, well then, sir, <laughs> Paul, I looked at your Paul, CV and uh, your long string of sexual assaults, and I think it's only fair that um, you work in our fish department, sir. <laughs> <laughs> now, Paul. Yeah. What about a kilt? They, I wonder if there's a kilt one in there. If anything, it's like, a woman came in for a kilt. I say, what kind of kilt would you like? She said... Plaid, she said. Plowed, I did. I never worked there anymore. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. A woman came into the... You got anything? A woman came into the chip shop. I said, what kind of fish would you like? Batter, she said. And then I got arrested, finally, after fucking years of getting away with this horrible shit. <laughs> Can we end this fucking segment now? That's the end of that segment. Oh, thank God. Now is the time to say goodbye. Now is the time to yield a sigh. Paul. Now is the time to wend our way until yeah, just, we meet again some just before- sunny day. Goodbye. That's it for Cheap Show. How much do you owe me on this on the spodge count? Including all those poems just then. I probably owe you about 15 quid, mate. Yeah. <laughs> But I did sneak a few ones in, and I did do a couple of nice poo gags. So I'm happy with my content this week, even though I shouldn't be. Right. <laughs> it's time to say goodbye, and it's time to the admin. 
If you go to our website, thecheapshow.co.uk, it's a one-stop shop for all kinds of things. There's a link to our official Cheap Show merch page with official designs and logos there for you to buy. There's also uh, Tony's merch page. If you want all those lovely cartoony designs, go there. We've got Events, Cheap Show magazine page, which just reopened. And also, there's a link to our Patreon. But if you want to go straight there, it's patreon.com forward slash cheap show and whatever you give if you decide to give is very very welcome and helps keep this show afloat so thank you thank you very much to the patrons love it love it love it oh yeah p.o box if you can send us something that you want to see us play with on the podcast go to our p.o box and send us something to p.o box 1309 harrow ha1 9 qj don't forget to put your name on stuff so we know who sent it because some people don't and it's nice as that is to get stuff sometimes we want to say thanks although sometimes you do send stuff in and i lose it so that's the thing in it yeah and uh, is that it yeah all right that's all the admin basically also you can get us on social media facebook tumblr instagram look for cheap show or cheap show pod but we're on twitter at the cheap show pod i'm at paul gannon show and eli is i'm at eli snoid spelt e-l-i-s-n-o-i-d we thank you for joining us once again for another economy comedy podcast that's all we have time for today so you look after yourself love you take care you too you no i'm talking to the listener i'm not talking to you i'm talking yeah, to the I'll... listener i'm saying to them all right you look after yourself all right, fuck you we'll see you next you week you fuck fuck off i'm talking to you paul fuck off listener hello i'm here as well listener and i love you i'm going who are you talking to now me are you telling me to I'm fuck talk... off or the listener you even our WhatsApp conversation is getting tired of us. So let's just end while we can. Because all I keep getting is a frozen... Ah, it's broke. It's paused. That's it. Okay. We're done. We're ending this. Bye. Technical breakdown. We're done here. <laughs> Bye. Bye.